Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Well, another college football season has come and gone, so what do we do now? Hello again, I'm Paul Stone, and welcome to episode 86 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Uh, As I record... It's Wednesday, January 11th, about 6.25 p.m. Central, and we are essentially 48 hours removed from Georgia's emphatic, unprecedented 65-7 beatdown of TCU in college football's national championship game. I believe I uh, read where the 58-point margin of victory was the fourth largest this season in games pitting two FBS teams. So in FBS versus FBS matchups, the 58-point win by Georgia was the fourth largest. And, uh, man, it was pretty much all Georgia from pretty much the get-go, although TCU did score early. Uh, They completed a 60-yard pass from Max uh, Duggan to Darius Davis to set up their lone touchdown, but after that, it was all Georgia. TCU was outmanned and outclassed, um, and there was a rather sizable gap in talent, to say the least, between the Frogs and the Dogs. Uh, but, you know, it, it's one-sided. I'll say this. As one-sided as, and as non-competitive as the game was, TCU had an outstanding season. You know, they should not be solely judged by a single outcome. Uh, they will, however... You know, fair, unfair, uh, they will long be, or perhaps, uh, perhaps, uh, rather, forever be uh, a footnote in college football history for being on the wrong end of a uh, 58-point championship game margin of victory. So what began in late August is now over, uh, some four and a half months later. So what comes next? You know, if we're college football handicappers who who study the sport um, diligently and year-round, what now? What do we do now that one season's over and another still essentially eight months away? You know, first of all, I've said it often, uh, but it bears repeating, get intimate, not too intimate, but fairly intimate with college football's transfer portal. You know, I haven't closely uh, studied the collective numbers yet, but it sure seems to me like the number of players entering the portal increases each and every year. And some of the notable guys already this year, they've already selected uh, their next destination for the 2023 season. And I'll touch on a few of those, uh, a few of the more notable uh, change, uh, change of addresses to this point. 
uh, probably at the top of the list or certainly near the top of the list, former Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman uh, will play for Notre Dame next year. Former Virginia quarterback Brennan Armstrong, he's going to be under center next season for ACC league rival NC State. Then also in the ACC, you have former Clemson quarterback DJ Uyangale. Uh, he's taking his wares from the south to the Pacific Northwest uh, to play for Oregon State and head coach Jonathan, Jonathan Smith. And then you also have former uh, Texas quarterback Hudson Card, uh, a sometime starter for the Longhorns uh, the last two years. He heads to the Big Ten where he'll be playing for the Purdue Boilermakers. So the transfer portal, pretty much a year-round commitment, a year-round watch. You know, I'll say on one hand, don't record every Tom, Dick, and Harry who changes addresses. But on the other, blink, and you might miss some really big news. So you got to stay on top of it, but uh, you got to kind of pick your battles. Uh, but again, I digress. You know, that's not the inventory uh, that we're taking this week, and this week's title is indeed taking that off-season inventory. You know, I believe what I believe uh, is a necessary exercise, if you will, for handicappers now that the season has concluded, is to inventory and closely examine our betting results and habits during the 2022 season. You know, hopefully you've maintained uh, complete, accurate records of your college football betting activity for the season. And if you didn't, uh, hopefully your sports books uh, site uh, is fairly easy to navigate, uh, and you can use that site to research your history, uh, or at least part of it, over the course of the 2022 college football season. And ask yourself these questions. Where were you strong? Where were you weak? Were you strong betting early in the week, uh, but not so much betting closer to post or vice versa, whatever the case might be? Were you generally successful betting underdogs of six or fewer points, but lost money wagering on double-digit favorites? Uh, did you perhaps have the, the Midas touch in one conference for the most part? but completely with on another. You know, was your against-the-spread record better in Power 5 leagues or better in the non-Power 5 conferences? Were you better earlier in the season or late in the season, in November or December? You know, there, there are just many, many different approaches, you know, that you can take here, uh, angles that you can inspect. Your imagination and the, the depth of your records is really your only limitation in this exercise. So hopefully you've got the ability to recreate your betting history for the, the 2022 season. I think without question it's so much better uh, than relying on your memory uh, in an effort to come up with, you know, bits and pieces and put it all together. And besides, you know, I, I think it's natural, at least for some of us, uh, to tell ourselves what we want to hear if we're trying to reconstruct it in that manner. You know, and it might even be a prettier picture uh, than the one that we actually painted uh, during the 2022 season. 
And that does no one any good, you know, truly, if our objective is truly to become a long-term winning sports better. So be honest with yourself. Uh, don't fudge the records. Take a, a hard look and try to try to find some trends. Try to find some, some things that you need to uh, go towards and some things that you need to, to move away from, perhaps. Uh, one word of caution. You know, even if you have access to your complete and accurate betting history for the whole season, you know, it's still only likely going to reflect 50 to 200 events, depending on your betting volume. You know, it's certainly a considerable sample size, but even larger than that is even better. You know, still, you know, I, I think this exercise certainly will uncover some valuable information, uh, which you can use going forward. Uh, and maybe, you know, it might even um, serve to affirm some of your betting suspicions. You know, you know, man, I, I knew I was getting killed in the Mid-American, but but I love me some action. Or, you know, I knew I was more successful betting underdogs than favorites. Uh, perhaps I should, you know, tinker with choosing more dogs and, and less chalk. Um, you know, and I'll say this, too, being a sports handicapper, and some of you, I'm interested to know if y'all ever thought this way, but I think being a sports handicapper oftentimes can be much like actually being an athlete, you know, being a person competing in the sport. And, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, as a handicapper, it's important, uh, I'll make that critical, it's critical to play to our strengths and avoid or work to mitigate our weaknesses. You know, say, for instance, you're a golfer, and you know from personal experience that long irons, you know, hitting a two, three, maybe even a four iron, that's not your forte. So if you're faced with a shot of a certain distance that requires a certain line of flight, that type of thing, are you going to pull out that three iron and just close your eyes and hope for the best? Are you going to confidently reach for that hybrid, which has produced some of your best shots over the past few years? You know, that's an easy answer. You're going to play to your strengths. You're going to grab that hybrid. You're going to avoid your weaknesses, those long irons. You know, in this case, in, in the exercise that we're talking about, doing this inventory of our betting history or our betting habits, you know, first of all, we're going to need to identify both the good and the bad, you know, unless you already have a clear and accurate, you know, accurate picture of your, your betting portfolio for the 2022 season. You know, I think uh, this is important as well. When many handicappers are contemplating improving and refining their skills, it seems most of their focus is on picking more winners. And I've said this before on my podcast, I'm sure. I would argue that all things being equal, it's actually easier to improve and sharpen our skills by picking fewer losers than picking more winners, if that makes sense. You know, I'll equate what I'm trying to convey to the all-important quarterback position. You know, we could probably all identify, whether it be in college football or the NFL or, or wherever, we could identify a quarterback 
whose five or six top plays in a game out of the 70 or so that they get in in the individual game, those five or six, they are highlight real stuff. You know, they might even be ESPN worthy, but it's their negative plays. You know, it's those six or seven plays that resulted in negative consequences, sometimes extremely negative consequences, that, that prevents them from being considered, you know, among the elite at their position. And then meanwhile, you've got this steady hand. You know, he doesn't generate nearly as many oohs and ahs with his play, but he's actually better at his craft than the other guy, than the highlight reel guy, because he doesn't throw any interceptions. He doesn't throw any pick sixes. Doesn't take any untimely sacks. He can he can read a defense and he can get his you know get his offense out of a bad play or into a better one. You know I could go on and on with examples, but I think you get the picture. You know one guy's better than the other, not so much for what he does, but for what he doesn't do. You know he eliminates those uh, negative plays. And like that quarterback who's steady, consistent, stays away from the bad play, we need to eliminate those bad bets. You know, it might be um, after you take a look at your habits and your portfolio and really examine it honest, you know, honestly and, and in depth, it might be reducing the number of favorites that you bet. It could be eliminating those three or four late-week bets that don't win at the same rate uh, as your earlier plays. It might be not betting on the big game just because it's a big game. You know, we could go on and on there. So uh, I think it's time to take that inventory, time to uh, peel back the layers, be honest with ourselves, take a look at what we did well and what we um, didn't do as well, and make adjustments, make changes, play to our strengths, avoid our weaknesses. I think that's very, very important. you got to know who you are. Don't think you're somebody, you know. We can all say we're good betting our team for or against them or betting this conference because it's where, you know, it's geographically in our part of the country or whatever. And that might be the case. You might really be good at that. But don't fool yourself into thinking something that your betting statistics don't back, don't support. So take a look at yourself. Find out who you are. Play to your strengths. Avoid your weaknesses. We're all going to strive to be better in uh, 2023 than we were in 2022. You know, people, I'm going to change gears here. People have asked about my contest performance this year. Uh, I'll sum it up, first of all, uh, to say uh, so close yet so far away was kind of the theme. I was in three contests this year. Um, First of all, the William Hill College Pick'em Football Contest. I had the maximum number of five entries. Uh, All five were... Um, winning entry had a winning record. Uh, my top entry tied for 23rd at 47 and 33. I was two wins uh, with that record, two wins out of the top eight. It paid the the top uh, top ten, and I was two wins out of tying for eighth uh, and sharing a piece of the purse there. But my uh, total uh, entries, those five entries. Total record of 223 and 177. Uh, 56% in the William Hill contest, uh, which is pretty much what I did on my premium picks for the season. And then the Golden Nugget Ultimate Football Challenge had the maximum three entries in that contest, uh, tied for 34th. 
Uh, my best entry uh, was 65, 55, and 6. And those three entries collectively, 192, 168, and 18. I tied for 34th. Uh, the top 20 finishers uh, got a piece of the purse in that contest. And then in the recently completed, just completed two days ago, the Circa Friday Football Invitational, uh, 16 handicappers uh, were invited to participate in this. Uh, there were eight of us uh, who continued to handicap the last few weeks. Uh, down the stretch, one handicapper was eliminated uh, each week based on being in, in last place at that point in the contest. But I ended up with 51 and a half points, and man, this contest uh, was close. I ended up with 51 and a half points, tied for third, uh, but officially officially got fourth, uh, losing the tiebreaker to James Salinas. Many of you know James uh, as the former Westgate Super Contest champion. Uh, James went five and zero the final week, so we tied with 51 and a half points uh, for third. But he gets the third place money. It only played three places, so I get shut out. And the top four finishers um, only separated by half a point. So Chris Felica and Chuck Edel ended up with 52 points. James Salinas and myself, 51 and a half points. So the top four finishers only separated by half a point. Uh, Chris Felica, the winner on the tiebreaker. And then fifth place, Doug Kazarian uh, of ESPN, uh, who was at or near the lead for much of the contest. He was at 51 points, so to take it a step further, the top five separated by only one point. Man, this was a good group of handicappers. Uh, there's a lot of victories and uh, accolades among that group, even though it was a small field. And uh, the, the, the record uh, assembled collectively by that, that field was really, really good. Just a lot of good handicapping and a lot of guys going 5-0 and and 4-1. and uh, I went three and two in the final week, and with uh, a four and one record, would have won the contest. But everybody has a story like that, so I'm not gonna sit here and say what I was thinking about doing or should have done or this or that. You know, I've uh, I've been fortunate to win a couple. Man, I want to win another one. You know, the the statistics, the mathematics are uh, greatly against that happening. But I'm gonna keep plugging. I'm gonna keep trying, and we'll see what happens. Gonna leave you here uh, after a quick plug for my uh, service, Paul Stone Sports. College football, as we all know, ended uh, two days ago on Monday, January 9th. My collective record against the spread, regular season, and bowls, as monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City, 67 and 56 against the spread. My eighth straight winning season. Really proud of that. Going to shoot for uh, my ninth straight winning against the spread season next year. Uh, I think that's unparalleled in the industry. A lot of hard work goes into it, but it's a labor of love. Uh, college basketball well underway uh, through yesterday's uh, games, through games of Tuesday, January 10th. Paul Stone Sports also monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City in college basketball, 70 and 58 against the spread. And then last uh, last weekend was my first uh, tournament, giving out tournament selections on PGA Tour events. Had a winning week in the Century Tournament of Champions. This week, uh, the Sony opening, Open in Hawaii, 
I tease off tomorrow, Thursday, January 12th in Honolulu uh, and have several more tournament matchups already released in that tournament. A little pricing information for my college basketball through the national championship game in early April, just $269. For all of my matchups uh, in PGA Tour events from today through the Tour Championship in late August, just $299. And then the best deal, the combination, college basketball and PGA Tour matchups, the combo just $449. If interested, please visit paulstonesports.org. Again, that's paulstonesports.org. Appreciate you uh, you guys uh, and gals being with me uh, during, this, uh, during this podcast. Um, and I'm uh, going to put another one together uh, next week. It's been a uh, really a uh, – it's gone fast. Uh, you know, I started this podcast in May – of 2021 so we're nearing the two-year mark which is really incredible uh that we're going to hit the two-year mark but we're going to get there in may hopefully we've uh, produced a podcast each and every week have not missed any weeks so uh really a uh good deal there and i'm going to uh give you a before we go here some of you probably want me to pass something on so i'm gonna give you one of my pga tour matchups in the Sony Open this week. And I'm going to give you the full tournament matchup. Ryan Palmer minus 120 over Kevin Strillman. Again, in this week's Sony Open full tournament matchup, take Ryan Palmer minus 120 over Kevin Strillman. Well, that does it for another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Man, enjoyed you guys and gals again listening during college uh, football season, we're on to college basketball and PGA Tour golf now. Until next time, signing off once again, I am Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions.